Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Monument Hill, more commonly referred to as Rattlesnake Hill, will once again provide a great view this weekend as the NASCAR playoffs head west to Phoenix, where the final tickets to the championship four are on the line. Welcome to NASCAR America here in our Stanford, Connecticut studios with Parker Kligerman and joining us from Charlotte, Kyle Petty. There he is. We're excited to go to Phoenix. For sure, Kyle, you better be excited because that's where the Kyle Petty charity ride is going to start and finish next oh. year. But let's yes, talk about is. this weekend. We're excited about that. What are you looking forward to this weekend in Phoenix? Airplane food on the way out there, and hopefully someone will give me another scorpion to replace Charlie Manson, who passed away, the scorpion they gave me last time. Are you kidding me? I'm excited for this race. I am ready, man, because Rattlesnake Hill is going to turn into Boot Hill for four guys, believe me. Yeah, they're going to stays over with, you're out. They're going to get the boot. That's true. And, yeah, the scorpion story is for real. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that this weekend. <laughs> I don't want any scorpions. I can't believe you got it on the plane. That's what's That's amazing. terrifying, and I've once heard there was a scorpion in the TV compound there, and I literally walked, walked the TV compound looking down the entire time. And so Parker no is on TV. You're in the TV compound yes, this weekend, not, exactly. not behind the wheel. But we're going to talk about, I mean, really, you've got two drivers who are in. That means six are vying for those final two tickets. So when we look at the leaderboard, Martin Truex and uh, Kevin Harvick, we know they'll be two of the championship four. Who will be the other two? Kyle Busch and Joey Logano hold those spots right now. But as we saw this past week with Denny Hamlin's 44-point swing, wow, anything can happen in the playoffs when the pressure is on. We're going to talk about all six, but here's a little look back. He will have a championship four spot. It is playoff time, and that time is running out. Six drivers are still fighting for a spot in the championship four. We all know one guy is going to move through on points. All it takes is a win from one of the guys that's out to knock us out. It's going to be a race between the 18 and the 22. Imagine that. Imagine that. Okay, we're going to get to Kyle Busch and Joey Logano a little bit, but we're going to kind of work, I guess, backwards. Let's start with the four drivers who are on the wrong side of the points battle right now. Why Chase Elliott? What does he have to do? What's his strategy this weekend? So he's had the performance there. As we look here, obviously qualifying very well the last two times we've yeah. been there. The finishes aren't there, but the stage points is key. And for that nine car, really in their position, it's a must-win position. So they can kind of throw away the stages. There is no pressure in getting stage points for this nine car. They have to put themselves in the best position they can come that last run of the race where they can have track position and maybe hold off cars or show the speed that they've shown there before. That's going to be their only path, in my opinion, to finding themselves racing for a championship in Miami. And Kyle, I don't know if you agree with me, but that's that's the way I look at this nine car. They've got to find a way to steal track position or have that track position late in the race to uh, get the win and go to Miami. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is an open book as far as strategy for those guys. They don't need to even think about stages. They, it's, it, is a, it is a race for them. From the time they drop the green flag, they need to be in position when they throw the checkered flag. Have they had speed? Yes. Have they made mistakes? Too many to go through uh, at this point in time. And they've made mistakes in this round, and that's why they're in the position they are, they're in. They've had speed. They had speed at Martinsville. They've had speed everywhere they've been. 
can they run a race without a single mistake? And that's yet to be seen in this round. But this is a race. They have to be mistake-free and have the speed and have strategy to put themselves in that place so they can win. When I think about what this car's position with Chase Elliott and Nine, I think, you know, Eric Omarola a year ago getting so close and being there in position just wasn't quite able to execute. That's what the Nine car needs to do differently. If they're put in that position, they have to execute. That will be the difference between them racing for a championship or not because it really just has, as Kyle was saying, it has to be a perfect day for the Nine to get in victory lane and find themselves going to Miami. Okay, but on a final note, I mean, the good part, if there's a good side to Chase Elliott's story, he knows he has to win. There's really nothing else in between. Nothing, nothing to lose. So you can yeah. kind of be a little crazy. Maybe unlike the Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin's sort of in this position well, I, I, where, what position is he in? I mean, he's so, already coming in feeling like, man, I lost those points. What do I need to do? So he's in a very interesting position because there's no doubt that this 11 car, when you look at their past performance here, can stage point their way in. They're going to be looking at stage points, and they have to. Being 20 points out, if the 22 car or the 18 car were to falter, especially early on in the race, they need to get those stage points. And when you look back at what happened at Texas, you know, I know that was a blow to this team, and they never probably expected that to, to be in this position and to think that this is the team going into the playoffs I said was going to win this championship they've been my championship favorite they've shown the speed they've shown everything this would be a huge blow if they do not find themselves going to Miami but they're going to have to have an excellent day at Phoenix and I was speaking to Denny actually Monday at Toyota Motorsports Day and I expected him maybe to be a little bit you know apprehensive yeah. maybe a tick of anxiety in there and he was as straightforward to me and, and so confident in just saying, we're going to find a way. We're going to execute. We're going to find a way. So he's still my favorite to win the championship if they make it mm. through Phoenix. But I think it's going to take maybe a little help from the 22 to 18 having a problem and them executing at a very high level, Kyle. Okay. Yeah, and look, I agree with every bit of that. I, I think that Denny and those guys went into Texas. They had a plan. They were trying something. And I, I flew back on a plane with a bunch of those guys. I just don't think it worked out. Uh, I, I think they thought they were comfortable 24 in, and now they're 20 out. That's how quickly it can swing. And that, in turn, is what gives Denny Hamlin hope. He looks at the 18 of Kyle Busch. He looks at the 22 of Joy Logano. And there's hope that those guys falter and they execute. Just as you say, he can go in and he can win that first segment. He can win that segment, second segment. We know he can do that and put himself in the game. The problem is... He's racing Kyle Busch and Joey Logano, two tenacious guys, two guys that once they get their teeth into something, they don't let go, and we know that. And they have their teeth in Miami right now. They're the ones that are hanging on to Miami. Denny's got to find his place at the table, uh, and it's going to be tough. But of all the guys we're going to talk about today, he's the one guy that inside his head seems to be in a pretty good position, is comfortable with who he is, is comfortable with that team, uh, and confident in his car. And, and look, I'm not counting Denny Hamlin out. We saw Kevin Harvick win from below the line. Denny Hamlin can do it in this last race, and that's going to be a huge upset, a huge for, for a, a Kyle Busch or a Joy Logano fan. So Kyle Parker not counting him out. Well, neither are some of his competitors. They feel like he can perform when his back's against the wall. He likes being backed up against the wall. Yeah. I mean, like competitiveness, you know, he can show up. Yeah. And obviously the equipment's there to show up and get the job done. When you've had a season that like they've had, they'll be they'll be tough to beat next week when you when you go to to Phoenix because they're gonna they're gonna dot every I and cross every T 
because they know that their season's on the line. So when you actually achieve, um, you know, conquering that moment, there's nothing like it. I mean, it, that thrill is 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 the best thrill that you can possibly get for me. You know, six, seven years ago, I maybe wouldn't have, I don't think many would have said that about Denny Hamlin. You know, he had a chance to win a championship and sort of faltered at Miami against the 48 car. But I think ever since then, he's really worked on that. That race team, Chris Gabehart, has given him so much confidence. You've seen it all season. It's why, to me, they are my championship favorite. They've been my championship favorite because this team has just exuded confidence at such a high level, found ways to perform across a series of different racetracks. I just feel like they are a deserving championship team. They're putting a championship caliber effort out there on the racetrack. So I agree. Right now, putting his back up against the wall, knowing he's had the might of Joe Gibbs Racing behind yeah. him to try and get him into the playoffs or into the final race, I think this is. Uh, there's no doubt that he's in a very good position in that sense. And that was Ricky Stenhouse on Motor Mouths yesterday. Obviously, Kevin Harvick after after his win in Texas. Was it just me or did Rodney Childers get a lot shorter? <laughs> that was that the play. Okay, just checking. I, you know, and a little younger, maybe. Making sure Kyle's paying attention there in Charlotte. Okay, let's get to uh, to Ryan Blaney. What does Ryan right. have to do and what does he have going for him? What's in his corner? So this race team has, you know, found themselves in a very good position moving through the playoffs. I think they've done an excellent job as a race team in the playoffs. I think that this is a team that would be really exciting to watch go into Miami and have that chance, but they're in a very similar position to Denny Hammond in which they need maybe a bit of faltering from the 18 or the 22 car, which is an interesting thing to say against your teammate there. But I just think the position they're in, especially when you look at the point situation tied with Kyle Larson, they've shown the performance. He won the pole there in the spring. He has the speed at Phoenix. They've got everything in their corner. It's just going to come down to execution and maybe simple math for the 12 car. So I would love to see it. I think it'd be awesome to see Ryan Blaney going out there competing for a championship Miami, but they like Kyle Larson are in a very similar position of saying they're probably going to have to execute at the very top level and have some fortune go their way just to find them, unless they're able to win, obviously. Yeah, you know, I look at these guys and, um, look, I think they almost overachieved, to be honest with you, to be in this round. Uh, and once they got into this round, what has let them down is the regular season. They did not do enough in the regular season to be able to advance into this round on points. He's finished fifth at Martinsville and eighth at Texas, and he's still in lost points. He lost five points in the first two races and finished fifth and eighth. Figure that, people. What a great <laughs> point system we have. It's crazy <laughs> because it's the points that you gain in stages. It's the total points for the day plus the collective points, the playoff points that you gain in the regular season. That's why we're still talking about Joey Logano with his ugly round, the last round we had. That's why we're still talking about Kyle Busch, who hasn't really shown up in the playoffs as of yet, but he's still in the Final Four. So for these guys, I, I don't see them pointing their way in. I'm, I'm sorry. I think that all these guys, when we look at Kyle Larson, and we'll get to him in a minute, but when we look at Blaney uh, and, and we look at Chase, it's win or go home. Those guys have to win to be in that Final Four. Okay, so let's get to Kyle Larson then. That's he the, the it up. final of the of the bottom four. So Kyle Larson in the same point position as Ryan Blaney. I agree with you in that 
he probably has to do something similar to what Ryan Blaney is going to have to do. Okay. But I think the interesting thing about this 42 car and Kyle Larson is what they're doing to the racetrack, right? They're trying to add an outside groove here that we didn't quite see in the spring. We maybe saw it back when there was lower downforce. And who is the guy that we always say is the man on the top side? Well, I saw him use the top side back when they didn't put any sticky stuff down at Phoenix when we had lower downforce. I've seen him use that before. I've seen him use diamonding the corner down in three and four. To me, this is the X factor for them. If that really starts to come in, if he's able to sort of explore the racetrack a little bit, find something that other people aren't willing to try, I think this is a very good position for the 42 to be in. But just like the 12, they're going to have to execute a high level. They're going to have to score stage points, and they're most likely going to have to have one of those two cars in there in Kyle Busch or Joe Logano falter and really beat the 11, okay. obviously. So they're just in a, they're in a position where there's, some, there's hope, but they're going to have to have yeah. a lot go their way, Kyle. Yeah, they, they are. They, you know, it's they're sitting in the locker room watching other football games, hoping that everybody they're watching loses so they make the playoffs. That's kind of <laughs> the way it is. At the same time, at the same time, here's a team that really believed that Texas was their race to win. I think that's why we had heard his comments post-race, because he really was hurt, emotionally hurt, that he didn't win, win there because he thought the racetrack was coming to him. I think you're right. The racetrack, if the racetrack comes to Kyle Larson – He's going to be hard to guard. We heard yesterday uh, Ricky Stenhouse talk about running that high groove and how that would help the Chevys and the Fords and the RPMs that they have to run against the Toyotas. Right now, people believe it's a Toyota racetrack. If they're going to run it the regular way, a lot of guys out there believe it's a Toyota racetrack. But if that high groove comes in and it comes in for Kyle Larson and he's in that Chevy and he gets wound up, uh, I'm not sure you're going to be able to stop him. And I was just, I do listen to you guys, I want you to know, but also while you're talking, I was kind of thinking, if that outer groove comes in, and it's how Kyle Larson wins the race, we need to rename it. It's no longer the sticky stuff, it's now called the Kyle Mile. Oh, nice. Because it's Mile Racetrack, Ooh, right? And Kyle just, Mile. On. If, you know, they, if anyone uses that this weekend, I want royalties. Well, you know, they say it's a Toyota racetrack, but in the spring, the two front cars in qualifying were a Chevy and a Ford. Okay. Just saying. So, and qualifying is going to be so important for those four. Yes, absolutely. Knowing those stage points are critical. All right, later in today's show, how would winning a second championship elevate Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick into rarefied air? We will discuss. Plus, Roger Penske shook up the motorsports world earlier this week. We're still talking about it because you are too. Pete Pistone gives us the fan perspective on the captain and caution flags. And we'll tell you how you can be a part of a special initiative to honor our nation's finest heading into Veterans Day. Kevin Harvey sees the checkered flag waving, and he is your 2014 NASCAR Sprint Cup Series champ. Career win will be the biggest of his career. The year was 2014. What do you remember most about it? Kyle, wasn't that the year Ryan Newman nearly won it all? <laughs> That's the year that Ryan Newman just did it all year long. Blue collars, second, fifth, seventh, mm -hmm. whatever he had to do. And then he gets to Phoenix. And watch this. Eight tires are better than four every time. <laughs> he runs oh. her down in there, ricochets off of that 42 car, makes it to Miami, 
makes it to Miami and finishes second in the championship that year. That was a move right there that one got him second in the championship standings. That's the kind of stuff that I anticipate seeing this weekend. I'm telling you, because there's so much on the line for these guys. Uh, if somebody below that line, if we talk about Chase Elliott, if he's out up there winning the race, what is Joey Logano and Kyle Busch going to do? What are those two guys? And throw Denny in there, too, if he's got enough stage points. I, That's yeah. crazy. And I, I think, you know, when you look back at that 2014 you know, way that championship went down. I mean, it was just so crazy that 31 car was so close to winning a championship because of that move. You know, that yeah. move put them in that position without winning a race, too. That was a crazy thing. So I just think anything like that could be on offer. Yeah, here he knocked weekend. out Jeff Gordon advancing yep. to the championship four by one point. I mean, again, we're trying to kind of give you a little foreshadowing. Something crazy like that could happen. It all happened at Phoenix last year. Of course, Harvick and Martin Truex Jr., we told you, they're locked into the championship four, both trying for a second career championship and as an athlete in NASCAR or in any other sport getting that second title is a major milestone one that can elevate you from a champion to a legend and perhaps one day a Hall of Famer so let's discuss that KP winning two does that mean Hall of Fame is a guarantee I think winning one means it's a guarantee to be honest with you because it's a huge huge accomplishment I, I will go back to Brad Keselowski when he won the championship Instantly, he started talking about number two. And number two being a validation and a confirmation of what it was to be a champion and winning that first one. We only have Jimmy Johnson on the racetrack at this point in time who has multiple championships. Harvick, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, all those guys have that one single championship to their name. If we go to Miami with a Kevin Harvick, a Martin Truex, uh, a Kyle Busch, and a Joey Logano, somebody's going to get that number two. Somebody's going to rise above the rest. Uh, and that's why this is so exciting. As you watch this, somebody moves into that today, that rarefied air of having mul multiple championships. And you know what the thing that gets me is when you look at just achieving one championship in NASCAR, look at the time it took Kevin Harvick to get one. Look at the time it took Martin Truex Jr., to get one. I mean, we're talking basically a decade's worth of work just to get one. So two, when you mention that word, Kyle, validation, they always say that. They're always saying, you know, one, even though it, you really can't think of it as a fluke because of how long it takes to get there, two just validates that. It reinforces it. Yes, I won a championship. Now I've done it twice. I can. I've figured out it wasn't just some magic that occurred in that one year. We've been able to replicate it a second time. That's what's so important about too. And I think it's such a cool thing to be looking at the current standings right now and think four of these guys could be going for two. That's a very, <laughs> a very interesting you know discussion to be had of saying who's the first there. So it's definitely you know there's a huge difference between one to two. And especially I just think the thing that gets me is just that amount of time, time period between just getting one and how much effort goes into getting there. KP, something to note too, because as we go into Miami, we always start to talk about too, it's not just the driver. We look at the, the pit crew, the crew chief. When you see these four names that are at the top, the ones that would be going, if they're the four that are in, going for two, they have something special with that crew chief. When you look at, you know, Harvick and Rodney Childers, Martin Truex yeah. and Cole Pern, um, you know, Joey and Todd, uh, who am I leaving out? Kyle and Adam Stevens. Yeah. It's almost like they, they've, they've developed this sort of chemistry where it's not just a driver winning it. It is that that pairing and how important is that oh, it's it's critical I, I believe uh, because we we can talk championship drivers and 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 that old saying you got to lose one to win one I think it's, it's the same thing almost for a crew and a crew chief 
Uh, we saw Joey go there with his pit crew and, and lose their shot on pit road during a pit stop. We've seen guys go there and lose their shot with a crew chief making a wrong call or a bad call that put them in a different place. So I think when we look at this, when we look at the teams that are above the line, when we look at those four championship drivers, they're also four championship crew chiefs. They're also four championship pit crews. They're also four championship organizations and teams. So they are the best that we have to offer. Denny Hamlin's right there with him. The one weakness that Denny has is he's not experienced the championship as a driver and his crew chief has not been in this position. So that's a little bit of a weakness. At the same time, that's a wild card. And you can't count a wild card out when you go into this situation. And I, I, I definitely agree with in terms of the you know crew chiefs and the, the crews. They put so much effort into this as well. You know, this is one of the longest seasons in sports that culminates at Miami. So it's a tremendous amount of effort that goes into a season-long campaign to go for a championship. And that's really the thing here is that when you look at those crews and what they dedicate and what they push aside to be a part of this, it means just as much to them. It's that important. So I think another thing is this format. Think about this format here. You know, it's basically taking a win to win a championship. So if you're able to do that twice, you're able to win to win a championship twice. I mean, that is just think of the people that have tried their whole lives to win one race, one race ever in this series. And yet these guys are having to win a race to win a championship. And if you do that twice, I just think it's an incredibly impressive feat. And that's why these they put so much stock in going for two. It's, yeah. it's everyone believes if you're able to pull that off twice, you're able to find that magic. That is something truly special. Yeah, because when we look at those four, Kyle, right, they've all won the race to win the championship yeah. in this format. So, again, as a driver, what does it mean? What do you feel like it means to these guys to, to go for two? Kyle, you mentioned Brad started talking about it immediately. So what is the Listen, what, what gives them the hunger to do that? Uh, Joey Logano, two in a row. I, I mean, we saw, we saw Jimmy Johnson do five in a row. Still the greatest record in this sport, I, I believe. I, I think it's the most underrated record. Joey Logano has an opportunity to go two in a row. We, we, you look at Kyle Busch. Kyle and Adam Stevens, this would be a championship for him in a full season. Remember, he had to overcome something that last time, overcome those leg injuries and come back. This would be the full season for Kyle Busch to win his second championship. When I go to Martin Truex, this is Martin Truex and Cole Pern inside the Gibbs organization, not out freewheeling the wild, wild west the way they won it the last time. This would be them working inside their cubicle and winning, winning that championship. For Kevin Harvick, it would be win number 50 plus his second championship. Only Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson are the only two guys out there with plus 50 wins that are competing today. 50 wins, that 50-win club in NASCAR is a huge club and a huge accomplishment. And Kevin Harvick could kill two birds with one stone a championship and a win at Homestead. And he really could. I mean, let's not count him out at Phoenix. He could do it with 51 wins yeah. if he wins this weekend. Fact. No doubt. Fact. No doubt at all. You know, one other you know story about this I think that's interesting is when you look at Truex and Logano last year. You know, you think that Logano passed Martin Truex going for two in a row. And with that 78 team shutting down at the end of the season, what an incredible story that would have been for that team to rise up from being, you know, a team that barely made races to winning a championship and doing two in a row. And you look at the defeat there for Martin Truex Jr. That, that burned. And now they go to Joe Gibbs Racing. Now they're in a position where they could go deliver a championship to one of the biggest most successful organizations in this sport's history. I mean, that's another mark for Colpern and Martin Truex Jr. So there's just a lot at stake. So many of these guys want this for different reasons, mm -hmm. as Kyle's pointing out. And I just think, you know, each one of them puts so much weight on this. But at the end of the day, this is everything we work for. When you were a young kid, 
dreaming of being a race car driver, you don't dream of just winning races. You dream of winning championships, being the best there is, and being able to go out there and do that on a consistent basis. Having multiple championships proves that. Yeah, one driver going to make those dreams come true, possibly again uh, yes. for a second time if we're talking about those four. Well, coming up, Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio is going to join us. What are his thoughts on Bubba Wallace's controversial spin at Texas? We'll hear from Pete when NASCAR America returns. All right, just walked in the door. It's about 30 hours uh, flying from Australia. It's a um, torture flight, but uh, haven't really, uh, I've kept off social media, haven't checked any emails uh, for the last week. I've posted a few things, but I haven't um, looked at anything, so I'm gonna catch up on what's been going on. I wonder if uh, anything significant's happened. Probably not because it is the off-season, um, so I'll check it out and see what's going on. <laughs> Willpower looking like the rest of us this past Monday when it was announced that his boss, Roger Penske, had acquired both the IndyCar series and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We'll have a lot of fun with that. We now welcome in Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM's The Morning Drive. Pete, what have your listeners been saying about Roger Penske's monumental move? Still talking about it? They are, Krista, and you guys know this. We don't often get stories in this sport where overwhelmingly it seems like there are positive responses, but the listeners are really on board. The industry seems to be on board. Most of us in the media seem to be pretty excited about this, and I think from the listener side, they're really interested to see where this goes and certainly what's the NASCAR component. I think the Brickyard 400, Roger Penske reiterated in the teleconference earlier this week that he believes NASCAR's presence there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is really important. He's going to work on building that. But the other thing that came up, and we had Doug Bowles, the track president, on with us on the morning drive. They talked about putting possibly lights up there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And if that happens, what if the Brickyard 400 becomes a night race? Does that bring more energy into that race. So the listeners are really on board. I guess everyone's just kind of waiting to see what the next step is, what the captain is going to do with the series and with the track. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. And, and my question to you is, why is everybody so excited? Because most of the time you get a wave of negative energy that comes at you. But why do you think everybody's so excited about Roger? I think two things, KP. I think one is just because it's Roger. I think it's Roger Penske and just kind of what he means to the motorsports world, to the NASCAR world. I think he has a lot of respect for everybody. But I think on the listener side, the other thing we keep hearing is they want something new. They always want something different, and they want a different schedule. They want a different race format. And I think when you say night racing at Indianapolis, that's intriguing. And plus, you know, Roger Penske's been a proponent of, will we get some IndyCar and NASCAR doubleheader weekends when the 2021 schedule comes out? So I think those reasons are why, for the most part, the listeners on Sirius XM NASCAR radio are pretty pumped up about this news. Well, you know, as, as big as this news was, um, the two most Googled words have not been Indy and Penske. It's been intentional and caution. Um, what, what about the intentional cautions? What have you heard this week uh, with, from your callers? 
This reminds me of about, what, three years ago, the whole hot topic was restarts. What do we do about restarts? The restart zone. we got to fix it. Then it became lug nuts. What do we do about lug nuts? And we're not having cars come back with as many, you know, as many lug nuts as they, they have. This is kind of the latest, in my opinion, Tempest in a teapot. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have a solution to this, guys. Uh, do we need to go, you know, and do uh, the whole uh, SVU and then find the throttle tracing and RPMs and steering trajectory to see if somebody spun their car out on purpose? Do we need to go that far? You know, when, when you have a driver, even Kyle Larson, who says, listen, we all do this, I've done it, and now Kyle Larson says, but now it's impacting me that somebody did it, so NASCAR's got to do something about it. It's sort of like the dog chasing its tail. I think what will happen is, certainly Sunday at Phoenix, whether it's Mike Elton, whether it's Steve O'Donnell, whether it's maybe Jim France, I think that NASCAR will recognize this and tell the guys, hey, listen, it's now become a trend. We're going to watch it. I don't know what to do about this. I, I just think it's, a, again, a tempest in a teapot that I'm hoping will just run its course. Well, another topic, we could see all of last year's championship four drivers make it to Miami again. If Kyle Busch and Joey Logano hang on this Sunday, has there been a sense of fatigue, championship fatigue among the fans with these drivers once again being in the championship picture? Yeah, you know, Krista, just like I said about like fans and listeners want to see something new when we're talking about Indianapolis and Roger Penske and lights and all that, we get the sense it's the same thing here. That if it turns out to be the same four guys as a year ago, and my sense is it's going to be, I think a lot of listeners would rather see somebody different in there. They'd rather see certainly Chase Elliott in there, the fan favor, or maybe Denny Hamlin if he's able to pull a rabbit out of his hat. And we heard a lot of, well, you know, I'm getting sick of college football and watching Alabama and Clemson every year. Well, the other side of that is, there's a listenership that says, well, these are going to be the four best guys. We want to see the four best drivers battle out for the championship. If it turns out to be the same four, though, I still think this year's got a lot different look than a year ago. It is by no means the big three and me like we had a year ago. Uh, I think the dynamic is different, and all these guys have gotten there or will get there in a different way. But I think, generally speaking, I think most fans would like to see something different, but at the end of the day, they want to see the best race, the best drivers battle it out for the title. All right, thanks, Pete. Hey, if we go SVU on those intentional cautions, do we get a badge? Kyle and I want a badge. I hope so, or at least we get a, a cameo on the show. Okay, like we're gonna work, we're gonna work on that. Thanks, Pete. All right, good stuff, thanks, guys. Well, up next, Matt Damon and Christian Bale will join the show. Yes, wait, what? That's really happening? I don't know how we got them on, uh, but one guy does. Parker Kligerman will explain and also show us what driving styles might be used to challenge Joe Gibbs Racing in Phoenix. Hey, Parker, it's coming up. I was always motorcycles. I always dreamed about just getting on a motorcycle and going, and I, I, I loved that. I mean, I, I would play games, I remember, because I would see the Le Mans cars. I would go along to, uh, I'd watch uh, Formula One with my dad all the time. Got to go to Brands Hatch one time, which was just fantastic. It was Alan Prost and Senna and Nicky Lauda at that time. And I would play this game, I'd say to my dad, well, look, if I walk this fast across the road, would the Le Mans car run me over? And he'd be like, no, you'd be dead, son, you'd be dead. So it, that always fascinated me, but my dreams were motorcycles. When we sold Goodwill Hunting, Ben and I uh, immediately both bought Jeep Grand Cherokees. That was our dream car, and we each bought one. We had his and his Grand Cherokees. How long did that last for? Uh, I, I had it through the whole lease period, which would have been, so I guess I leased it, so it would have probably had it for three years. Right. Loved that car. 
Oh my gosh, I'm just like Matt Damon. I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee. A little problem with the rims, I do want to say, so I'm not sure if I would have mine as long. But that was Christian Bale, Matt Damon, stars of the new movie Ford versus Ferrari, joining in the wall with Parker Kligerman, the full episode. It's on NBCSports.com right now. You can check it out, and we'll be up uh, throughout the show and after on the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel. Right now, though, Parker's in the sim to take us around Phoenix. Right, and we did learn that Christian Bale invented Frogger, apparently, Ooh. there. So uh, in that one, there's a lot more great tidbits. Go check it out on the YouTube YouTube channel but I'm going around Phoenix right now in a pack I'm the NBCSN car you see there and basically this place is tough because forever it's been very much a single groove unless you got very late into a run you are gonna run the bottom lane you're gonna fight for the bottom lane you're gonna hook your left front on that yellow lane yellow line down there and that's gonna be the fastest route you're gonna you're gonna go below it obviously on this dog leg but as we get back in a turn it's three or now it's turn one you want to get back to the bottom, and only late in a run do we see the outside lane come in because that's just the way you went around this place. A flat track, Kyle, that just really demanded that you nail that line pin perfect every time. Yeah, so here's the question. You know, one and two now, as you say, are extremely flat, extremely flat. If they put down the, the, the track sealer and put down the sticky stuff, how, I mean, how do you approach the corner at the first corner to run that high groove? So it's a good question. And I think a lot of the drivers will be wondering, kind of like we did at Texas just last weekend, is when is it in, right? When do you have the grip to go up there? And when's it faster? Because in years past, I said, you might dime into corner. You might go up a lane to get some clean air. But there wasn't more grip up there. But now, if you have more grip up there, this could be an opportunity to have the ability to be in the throttle sooner, to have better drive off the corner. It might not be this high. That's, that's probably a little too high. But maybe where that yellow car is in front of me, that's how high you're going to go. You're going to be able to get better runs off the corner, and that's what they're hoping yeah. to make happen with that sticky stuff in the high lane. Krista, I think just time will tell. We'll see on Sunday, basically, if it's going to work and who's going to be able to use it. And I got my money maybe on Kyle Larson being the first to try it. Yeah, and we're not calling it the sticky stuff. Remember, oh. it's the Kyle Mile. The Kyle Mile. That's yes. The that's Kyle that's Mile, right. the high groove yeah. at Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> one, right. more, one more question, Parker. One more question. What's that? Should, should I rent a Jeep Grand Cherokee <laughs> when I get to Phoenix? No, you got to be more ambitious than that. Matt Damon, okay. man, he had low aspirations. <laughs> got to aim for higher. All right, man. <laughs> Kyle drives a Prius. Yeah, I know. Yes, a... I do. Our nation's veterans will be honored this weekend at Phoenix, and one gentleman has a big role to play, but rising to the occasion is nothing new for him. We will introduce you to him next on NASCAR America. Veterans Day, USAA is challenging all Americans to acknowledge the veterans in their lives and celebrate them by honoring through action. To learn more about USAA's Veterans Day campaign, go to USAA.com slash Veterans Day. And you can show your support for veterans by taking the V challenge on social media. You just draw the V symbol with the initials of a special veteran on the palm of your hand, snap a photo and share it using the hashtag honor through action and Parker and I are taking part. Yes. Look at that. There it is. We have these. Who's your who are your initials? Uh this is Stuart Hammond, my grandpa. He was a World War II veteran. Awesome. So I thought we I'd are give a little shout out. To yes. family. That's my brother in law, Ryan Kelly, oh. serving as we speak. Oh so wow. 
Here. No, are we high five? Yeah. High five a little bit. It's just a cool way to get involved and uh, pay tribute and honor our veterans. And ISM Raceway is honoring those who have served in many different ways this weekend. Military members will be guests of honor, and the national anthem will be sung for each race by a veteran of our armed forces. And one of those with an incredible story of perseverance is U.S. Marine Corps veteran Edward Schrank. I'm Edward Schrank. I retired as a gunnery sergeant after 15 years in the Marine Corps. It was my fifth occurrence of cancer from chemical exposure. The team of doctors that I had were telling me that they were going to remove my jaw and I was never going to be able to speak or eat again. I've spent a lot of time about to die and one of the things that you question is your own identity and I started wondering if you could do something that you don't feel like is you. And I thought, I should start singing right now. Before I lose this ability, maybe I should use it. Oh, say can you see? So I relentlessly fathered the best national anthem singer in the world, Jim Cornelison, and we spent hours singing, and this led to today. people can think about what they feel about themselves and if there's something that you want to do that you feel like is not you, you can do it. Goodness. They're not just singing the national anthem. They have lived it. Edward Schrank will sing the national anthem before Saturday's Xfinity Series race. He will also perform God Bless America leading up to Sunday's Cup Series event. And we are, of course, forever indebted to all of our servicemen and women, not just on Veterans Day, but on every day in between. Thank you for what you do and how you do it. When we come back, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup will be raised. But by whom? We will discuss the potential championship for next. My roots. My favorite early memories are probably just watching super late model races at Tucson Raceway Park. There were a lot of good guys that would come run the Winter Heat Series, and that was that was always really cool going out there as a kid. So my dad was probably the biggest Jeff Gordon fan of all time. Just knew that Jeff started racing quarter midgets. Brought one home one day, and I was seven. Traveled a lot, started racing midgets after that. Also traveled a lot, never really stayed in one place, ran a lot through California and then through the Midwest. I got hurt in a midget in 2010 and we kind of decided that stock car racing was probably the better way to go. The end of 2010 and full time in 2011. It is a homecoming weekend for Alex Bowman and Michael McDowell, too, and elimination weekend for the playoff contenders. Our coverage starts tomorrow from Phoenix, leading up to two big races on NBC, Xfinity Series on Saturday, Cup Series 
on Sunday. And Parker, this Phoenix track looks a lot different than it used to, and drivers have only had really a year to get used to the changes. What will be one of the biggest challenges? Well, one of the intentions with this new start-finish line and changing, flipping the track around yep. was to make the restarts more insane than they already were. <laughs> so, of course, that's what we have. So we look back at a restart here from the spring race. We'll get going, and I just want to pay attention, basically, as this is going on, at where everyone goes. That's what we're going to be watching here. So they start to fan out a little bit. Now it's three wide, two wide. But then as we go off into what is now turn one, used to be turns three and four, just take a look as we get about there right now. We're going to count these. There's one, so that's one, two wide, three wide, four wide. Yeah, that's five wide. That is five wide in a corner that essentially before this, you always felt like two wide was a tough wow. thing to do. That's just what this, this restart area has created. So as we get going, it doesn't get really easier off for turn two. They stay this way. They start to figure it out. But then we're going to continue on and watch these group right down here. Yep. They're just going to end up, oh, you know, four wide again, heading into a corner that's essentially a one-lane corner. So maybe that sticky stuff or, as you the call Kyle it, mile. Kyle Mile will help out. But, yeah, that's basically where it ends. So that's where you see this just doesn't really end for a whole half a lap. So with that said, we're going to jump into last year's fall race. Okay. And I want to keep our eye on this 12 car. So we'll get rolling here a little bit. Just keep it okay. there. We're going to look at this guy right here. Ryan Blaney in the 12, right? Keep our eye on him. I want to show you what he does here. Restarting behind Kurt Busch. He flies to the bottom. He sees all this open space. Maybe he can make it work, but then there. All right, now we're going to zoom in on these guys. I'm going to get very technical here. We're going to zoom in, and then we're going to draw. And I want to show you, look at the trajectory of these two cars. Kurt Busch is straight. Ryan Blaney's going this way. Wait a second. This looks like they're going to hit. Well, guess what? They actually, hold on, we have to zoom Don't out. Don't tell me yet. Don't we tell me. We have to zoom out. Boom. They get wow. so close to each other. And the reason that happens, why that occurs, is because you have all that wide open space. You can almost get lost a little bit down there. You forget, oh, I've got to get back up for this corner. Oh, I've got to find some room. It gets so crazy. It's crazy for the spotters when you're trying to call three cars on the inside, two on the outside, three on the outside, two on the inside. It's just madness, and that's what we'll see most likely in the restarts here this Madness. Weekend. Yep. We look forward to it. A bit of a duel, though, shaping up out west between Joey Logano and Kyle Busch. For now, they own the two tickets that everyone wants. But if one of the bottom four wins, then they are duking it out with each other for the final spot. Here's what they said about that at Texas. We're in right now. <laughs> it's close. It's going to be a battle next week, so uh, we'll make sure we, uh, we're ready to go. Yeah, so we're two on the 22, so it's going to be a race between the 18 and the 22. Imagine that. Yeah, 20 points is, is nice. Um, the fourth place part is not nice. That's uh, All it takes is a win from one of the guys that's out to uh, knock us out. But if we can obviously go to Phoenix and have a strong run and be able to go out there and win, uh, that'll that'll put ourselves through as well too. So Kyle, here's the thing: these are two guys who have been there before. Like you guys talked about, they both yeah. won a championship. You're not, I don't feel like you're going to rattle them. Uh, so what do you anticipate happening, or what's kind of going through their minds heading into this race? The 18 and the 22. Imagine that. That's that's <laughs> what's going. That's what's going through my mind. I, look, we saw last week, 24 in is not safe when somebody below the line jumps above you and wins a.k.a. Denny Hamlin. Everybody has their eyes on Denny Hamlin. Everybody has their eyes on Chase Elliott. Everybody has their eyes on, on Blaney and, and Kyle Larson, those guys. Because if one of those wins, this, it, one of these guys is going to be out. I am watching these two because these two are, are guys that are dangerous. When they make it to Miami Homestead, they are dangerous. These guys, meaning Kevin Harvick 
and, and Martin Truex, they want to eliminate one of these guys. They honestly would like to eliminate one of these guys. But at the same time, it, it's going to be really tough. The caliber of team that Roger Penske puts on the racetrack with Joey Logano and Todd Gordon, the caliber of team that Joe Gibbs Racing puts on the racetrack with Adam Stevens and Kyle Busch, they just don't make mistakes when, it, when it's this type of situation. When you've got to go in and perform at the highest level, these guys will go in and they'll get it done. Kyle Busch has won the last two. You know, who do you want to be going up against? I think really where this, where we're going to see this play out is if one of those cars finds himself outside the stage points in stage one or stage two, that's where we could see sort of, sort of jockey position and the light or the tunnel open for the 11 car, the 12 or the 42, the nine we know he has to win. Okay, I know people at home want to get in on the action. Well, there's big money up for grabs this week in NASCAR Pick'em. You download the NBC Sports Predictor app for free, and then you can play for a jackpot. It's up to $30,000. For each stage, you pick the driver among a group of four who will have the best finish, then pick the drivers who will finish first, second, and third in that order. It is time for Parker I've got to show right us here. his predictor oh. pick. On my Wait, phone? on his phone, live. Yep, so here, this I'm gonna, is happening my live first on stage his phone. one, I'm going Alex Bowman. All right, so we got that. All right, stage two out of these three. Okay. I'm going to so say. Wait, this is your phone. Yep, this is my phone okay, right now. I'm going to say Denny Hamlin. Okay. All right, final stage. The guy who makes it through here, I'm going to say out of these two, uh, Martin Truex. And all right, bam. Now I got to select these guys. All right, first place finisher. Because you have to pick Trex. one, two, yep. three. Ooh. All right, hold on. Who else am I going with? Who do I need, Kyle? Who do I need? Ooh, I don't know, man. Help me you're, out. The, you're the ex, you're the so expert. You're picking Martin to win. <laughs> Denny <laughs> and I don't know who's gonna come close. Brian Blaney. All right, that's go. how you do it at home, right? That's, that's you how you just do it. did NASCAR pick. I just did pick him. Let, let Under me just a lot of this. pressure, mind you, very yeah, much. Let, let Live just, television NASCAR pick him. Let me just say Dale Jarrett makes it look a lot easier. <laughs> oh well, he, you know he's got a little more experience. Here's what, Kyle, here's what we were waiting for. We were just seeing because that was Parker's phone. What kind of messages might pop I, up? I, I, I was kind of sort of you know make sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're putting you guys on the spot. Who's going to join Martin and Kevin? What do you think? Who are the two that move on, thus leaving the other four out? All right, Kyle, Parker. I just picked some. Why don't you give me one? Give me one here. Who do you think makes it through? Look, look I, I, I think Denny or uh, Joey Logano. Joey, Joey okay, Logano. Can you slide Joey over? So we'll slide I got Joey. him in. Can we slide him in? Are we question? There, there we go. go. All okay. right. Okay. So we got Joey. All right. So now you're putting me in a tough position. Which of Denny Hamlin, <laughs> Kyle Busch? So you think it's going to be? Do you really think? So you think it's going to be between Denny and Kyle? I because do think so. I do think so. One could falter. You're not going to see both falters. Exactly. And it's you know it's a shame for Joe Gibbs Racing in that case. They're going to have one in, one go out. But uh, I'm going to go with my championship pick. I'm just going to say Denny Hamlin okay. goes in. Because I feel Races like. Races his way in. I got I to go with the guy. I got him on my, my bracket. I got him everywhere. I got to go all in. He's going to make it through. So okay. I got I to do it if I hope it works. Kyle, out. I know on pre-race sure we're going to be talking all about that. But it's really those four who, like you said, they get the boot. Right? They get the boot. Yep. Four ahead of the boot weekend. heel. And, and let me just say that Parker Kligerman just took himself off the Mars Kyle Busch. <laughs> Halloween list for candy <laughs> next year by not picking Kyle Busch. I'm so sorry for you, man. I had to be on it in the first place, but I don't know about that. That's going to do it for us today on NASCAR America. Remember, our coverage from Phoenix starts tomorrow with playoff racing Saturday and Sunday on NBC. Enjoy the weekend. We will see you from the desert. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.